The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. The website, guildhallwealth.com. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver With me, I have Darren Long. Darren, a very interesting week. I want to get started with an article that came out uh, from Craig Hemke. He was talking about what's happening on the comics. Why do I want to start there? Because I think it's going to feed into premiums on the physical product. And later on in the show, let's talk about negative interest rates, which are heading our way, uh, QE, unemployment figures, why should you be holding gold right now? And some of the ways that we obviously do that here at Guildhall. Before we do, how are you doing? I am well. I am healthy. Family's all healthy. And aside from having to deal with the pressures of delivery in this uh, darn market of ours, uh, we are getting back to some resemblance of normalcy, trying to connect with people and stay in touch. And that's the key. Education, knowing where you're at and staying in touch. And it's, I think, what people love about Guildhall. So all is well on my end. And that article you bring up, Jeremy, it's such an important one. And without getting too technical, simply put, Craig is talking about all of the data that comes out on a weekly basis, showing us what the bank and the bigger institutions are doing in the futures paper market. Who's buying? Who's selling? How much of each and all this? And uh, we've talked about it lots of times. It's called the Commitment of Traders Report. And in essence, it's what's going to drive what we're discussing in part on today's show about getting used to the notion that premiums are here to stay in gold and silver. And what he says in particular about this week's uh, last report, uh, in a nutshell, is that in this type of environment, historically, we would expect to see a very logical and very simple to understand surge in speculator buying interest of COMEX gold and silver futures, meaning we would see the number of open contracts and the number of people participating in those open contracts go through the roof when this kind of situation happens. As we have seen, Jeremy, as you well know, numerous times in the, the run of time that we've been open since 2002. And he's not seeing that. In fact, it's falling. So he's alluding to in this article, for those that are inclined to read the more technical aspects of the article, he's alluding to is essentially that people and buyers in particular are leaving the paper market. Maybe, maybe, he doesn't know for sure, but maybe he's suggesting that the buyers are leaving the paper market and going to find their product elsewhere. And that is putting, as you well know, Jeremy, you can talk about it with our listeners, a tremendous amount of pressure on what product is actually available and how much it's costing us as a firm to acquire that product and keep a modest markup out to our client base. Yeah, so in this article, he's basically looking at the data that comes out and over the, he's done this for, for many years. And what he's been noticing over the last couple months is that They've been trying all sorts of different things at the COMEX, and one of the things he's noticed for the last couple of years is this thing called exchange for physical, where someone wants to take physical delivery. They can't on the COMEX. They're basically given an IOU to go do 
go take delivery in London and there's this contract that rolls over every 13 days so it do, or whatever, 10, 11 days, so it doesn't have to be reported, right? So they kind of keep things undercover. The question becomes when, who is actually getting physical delivery off of this exchange? Now this exchange, it's a futures market. They are uh, the place where the value is derived for the metal. And it's based on a very, very thin veneer of actual physical product. And one of the things he's noticed in the last couple of months is, you know, the amount of trading has gone down by well over 40%, 50% in some cases. EFPs have dropped to the floor, but physical product and demand for the actual physical is at all-time highs. So it's a very interesting thing. And what we're noticing is that there's always been a disconnect between what's happening on the comics and the real world of physical products. So right now, there's a divergence. There's this low paper price of silver, 1550 let's say. Gold's trading just over $1,700 an ounce. But if you actually want it in your hands, there's a much higher premium for that. And uh, there's a false signal being sent to the market from the futures market that, no, no, there's lots of product. There's lots of physical product. Otherwise, the price would be much higher. And like you said, if if more people were looking at that and speculating in the market, you would see massive amounts of speculators. But if everyone starts to realize that this market is broken or that it's rigged, now you have no longer what Andrew McGuire, who was the whistleblower for J.P. Morgan and all this stuff, instead of the tail wagging the dog, maybe things are starting to change to having the dog wag the tail and the physical market might actually take over. So let's let's run with this, Darren, and talk about it in the next segment, which is I want to I want to know. Let's talk about premiums. Are they here to stay? Should people wait to to see the premiums start to come down before they start to enter the market? So let's talk about that. We'll talk about some of the fundamentals, ways to get into the market. If you'd like to learn more. Go to guildhallwealth.com. If you would like to contact us directly, you can call us at one eight seven seven eight silver You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, brought to you by Guildhall Wealth. The website, guildhallwealth.com. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver Darren, in the last segment, we were talking about an article from Craig Hemke and his investigations into the futures market and observations and seeing that that market seems to be changing rapidly, let's say. Now, on the physical side, what's great news is we're starting to see physical product coming back into the market. Last week, it was a bit of a trickle. This week, there's a little bit more. I'm starting to notice through our wholesaler, actually, that there, we're starting to see the different brands popping up, whereas for two months, it was just one type of product. It was just one ounce gold. Now you're starting to see the various brands. And so we're, we're just on the cusp. We're going through the last moments as we tape the show here on Friday of getting the physical product back up and running on the registered accounts. However, there's still premiums. The premiums are still quite high compared to what I would call the savvy era of nobody interested in precious metals and you could really compete with other firms who were trying to get people to buy physical bullion and uh, really it was a buyer's market. I think that's changed. So Darren, let me ask you, what would you, what would you say to someone who is looking at the current premiums and they're thinking, 
you know what, I'm going to wait until those come back down to normal. Well, in 2008, when this occurred last time, it took three weeks for the dust to settle and for uh, what would be deemed as more normalized premiums uh, were, were back in the marketplace. And that allowed people to buy relatively close to what the paper price was showing at the time. Now, under normal circumstances, silver is uh, in buying a 100-ounce bar, let's say, and keeping the bar large for the lowest amount of premium possible uh, is going to be relatively close to the paper price. In more recent times, right now, clients are paying anywhere from 19 to $21 an ounce for their silver products. And when converted to Canadian, that's pressing up against $30 an ounce Canadian. And it gives us no... Uh, it gives us no joy to have to to be the bearers of that news to people. But like you said, Jeremy, in the past, people were were willing to say, um, "I'll I'll uh, I'll wait for uh, the price to come down," and, and they might have meant on paper or premiums or whatever the case is. I'll wait for the price to come down. Well, that's what a number of people are doing right now. They're thinking, "Hey, the premiums are going to fall, and I'll just wait." So even if the paper price of silver rises to eighteen or nineteen dollars an ounce, there's a good chance that I won't be paying as high a premium, and that in fact I'll still be paying under thirty dollars an ounce for my silver, despite the fact that the paper price has risen. But what industry analysts are saying is that in dealing with these health issues related to uh, COVID and the pandemic, there's going to be a new reality faced. And we are going to be challenged to have social distancing for some time. That's going to put pressure on workplaces to also have these kinds of things in place. And if you just apply it to physical assets like gold and silver, you can't produce things uh, in the same capacity with the same type of productivity when these kinds of health risks exist. And so I don't foresee there coming to fruition anytime soon a return to normality. My opinion is that silver will remain high because the industry as a whole focuses much more uh, on gold and they will try to bring more gold product to the, to the uh, market, <clears throat> the larger of the two metals. But my opinion is that, Jeremy, the premiums are here to stay for the foreseeable future, that buyers need to acclimatize to that. And ultimately, we need to develop a short and a long-term view on this market and what it means. And if you need that asset, which most people do, to protect their wealth, you shouldn't be thinking about premiums. You should be saying, what can I buy it for and what protection does it give me? And then you go in and get it. The 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 website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver. I think there people will want to continue to listen to the next segments as we talk about the reasons to have physical bullion and where the prices are headed, uh, because I think that plays into this discussion. And I, I do think that ultimately the prices will move higher probably before the premiums come down. That's number one. Number two, I think we've really entered into a new era where physical demand is going to be at all-time highs. You know, one of the things, and I get this question a lot, and this does play into the premiums. I get this question a lot. What difference does it make if I get paper gold or physical gold? And the answer is that there's counterparty risk. So, for example, uh, during, during the last couple months, we had a couple clients, one big client in a registered account and one client through the depository account that wanted their physical product, product that they were storing in their sub-accounts, whether it was an RSP or... A depository account and they wanted their physical product delivered and we got it done 
Well, you can't do that if the stock market's closed or the bank is closed or they decide, nope, we're not allowing any redemptions. That's a counterparty. I think we've entered a new era where people want to know where their wealth is being kept and wealth preservation means in your hand. So let's talk, let's talk about some of the fundamentals, which will, again, it will encourage people to understand the premium situation right now. So Darren, let's get into those four fundamentals that we've discussed in the past and look at them in today's, through the lens of what's going on today with the market and maybe talk about some of those unemployment numbers as well. You are listening to The Real Money Show, the website, guildhallwealth.com, the phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver You're listening on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We will be right back. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And we're back with The Real Money Show, guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver Darren, we were talking about premiums. I think we both agree that either the price is going to move higher or the premiums are here to stay. Either way, prices for metals are on the rise going forward. This is probably a good opportunity to talk about some of the fundamentals that we've discussed on this show and how they can be perceived now, given what's happening in the economy uh, so let's start. Let's start with that. What are the the basic fundamentals that we that we look at? Well, I mean, the underlying fundamentals of all bull markets in the last hundred years for precious metals have been fourfold. They have been currency depreciation, the threat of inflation due to money printing or monetary expansion, uh, geopolitical uncertainty, and uh, buying um, and then supply and demand. And so those four fundamentals are the underpinning of what we hold to be sacred within the gold and silver bull markets. And they give us some uh, idea and correction. And as we know, these are event-driven markets. So although those fundamentals are underpinning the entire bull market, it takes events, unfortunately, like this pandemic we're facing, to put a challenge out to the market to really spark the life and change of a bull market and drive it. And in particular, if we start with currency depreciation, Jeremy, You can understand in a very short period of time, already we were dealing mentally with a very challenging barrier to understand what it's like to look at a number like a trillion dollars and and fathom what it does and how it changes the landscape of an economy. And yet in one month's time, what would generally take around a year to do has in one month uh, made another trillion dollars of debt in the U.S. due to the spending related to COVID uh, fallout. Yeah, I think that uh, in talking about currency depreciations in the past, I think we always knew we were in a fragile place. People have often been talking about what what is going to be the destiny of the dollars. We always show people this chart of gold's price performance in a variety of currencies, and you can see that gold is all green, very little red anywhere. And that really isn't gold's just moving up on its own. It's that these currencies are being devalued over time. And therefore, gold is just simply holding value against devaluing currencies. I think that right now, it's very easy to fall prey to government helping, which is great. They have to help. They've got to do something. But the people who who don't have jobs and can't pay rent, they're not going to pay this back. It's going to be paid back through the middle class, right? And so we have to start thinking about wealth preservation, 
that's where precious metals come in because there's no such thing as a free lunch. There are debts. The world is indebted to its eyeballs more than at any time ever, even when there's been wars and there's been a reason to have debt, $250 trillion plus, not including unfunded liabilities, right? And where is it all going to get paid off from? Economic progress? Those days are gone. What do you think? Well, I think that you're right. I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head because if you look at it from, from the perspective of what people are seeing out there and, and versus what they're experiencing, it's two different stories being told and what we're being related, uh, but what's being relayed to us in the grand scheme of things is that currencies are not the problem when in reality they are. We cannot yet fathom what the outcomes of our changes to our debt, and uh, we, we've, you know, we've talked about how it relates to stock markets. It'll drive stock markets through the roof, and it'll continue to do so. And if we only gauge our economies by how the stock market's doing, well, there's enough f falsification right there in and of itself to say, you know, this is why we have assets like gold and silver. But currencies are going to continue to be in a very competitive uh, uh, state the world over, at least in the G20, because nobody can afford to have an expensive currency when they're trying to reestablish and grow their economies. Unfortunately, what the truth is in Canada is that we have right now, Jeremy, an extremely precarious situation because we've never experienced since you know, the dawn of, of measurement of any data, uh, an economy in Canada, which is 70% driven by household spending. So, of course, it encourages debt and debt accumulation and using your house as an ATM. But in one month since or two months since the COVID situation has occurred, we've already seen the most massive decline in HELOC applications or home equity lines of credit applications that we've seen in, in a decade. And so that tells me, that, yeah, listen, maybe there is a changing mentality. Maybe there is people starting to think it's more important to secure high-quality liquid assets like gold and silver, put those into my portfolio, look at the real picture of where we stand, and maybe I'm not going to quite have that appetite for more speculative real estate at this point in time because I'm really uncertain as to what the outcome from all this is going to be. I think that ultimately you don't have to have a PhD and be on – you know, be on the reserve board uh, to understand what's going on and, and the, yeah, well said. you know, and understanding, well, you know, this can't be good for the currency going forward. You know, yeah. the government can say inflation's at 2%, but at some <laughs> point I'm going to end up spending, you know, $5 for bananas that I used to be able to buy for three. And, and how do I protect against that down the road? In the midst of watching massive unemployment happen and, and the whole economy falling into a recession and wondering where is that growth going to come from. So I think that, that people are going to start to look at ways to protect wealth and preserve wealth with a hard asset like precious metals, which there's a cost for. We talked about that with the premiums. Um, but that's currency devaluation, right? Now, we also have to talk about um, supply and demand. So let's let's get on that sure. in the ne in the next segment. The website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number 18778silver. You've been listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Stay tuned. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. 
Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The website, guildhallwealth.com. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver Now, Darren, in the last segment, we were getting into the fundamentals of why we believe people should have physical precious metals in their portfolio, actual real physical bullion in their portfolio. And one of the things that happens as a fallout of depreciating currencies, as you discussed, competitive devaluation, as, as you discussed in the last segment, is that you start to see tension amongst uh, countries. Now, it used to be geopolitical tension was just, well, you know, if something goes wrong in the Straits of Hormuz, uh, oil could skyrocket and <laughs> you'll have some issues. Well, today, no one's really worried about uh, the price of, of oil unless you're in the oil industry trying to survive. But pricing around the globe, tariffs, as we saw with the the trade negotiations, which I assume are going to be back soon, um, geopolitical unrest. This is something that when it comes to supply chains, comes to daily living, comes to you know all of these trade talks we've seen in the past, I think given what we've been watching over the last several months, I think that this could end up being a major, major issue going forward. How do you see that playing into the role of owning physical bullion in your portfolio? Well, I think what was happening prior to all of this occurring and in the lead up to this over the last few years is that we have become very hypersensitive in our arena, in gold and silver and related uh, aspects of investment to what is transpiring behind the scenes, behind these big, gigantic curtains of uh, political willpower and might and force. And we've mentioned the term uh, numerous times. We've discussed the term and how it relates to gold and silver, the idea of, of, of rationing. And we've expressed that in terms of um, sanctions, let's say, is one that's a great example, where whole regions of the world are hell-bent on accumulating gold because they believe that there is a problem regionally. And you see this in the Middle East leading into this. Lots of gold buying happening because ultimately they're being squished by bigger powers that be. Uh, a good example of that is Iran. It may not be the best example, but you haven't heard anything about them because the political will to say anything about Iran in the mainstream is doesn't non-existent. So that country is dealing with it, but that's one example of where regionally you've seen uh, the powers that be move to a more safe asset like gold to protect their economy, protect the value of what they have, and to slow down this process of inflation they're experiencing. Um, other examples of geopolitical instability include uh, the uh, repatriation of gold, which we've talked about at length on this show uh, in countries like Venezuela and countries like Germany and Switzerland, and those products that were taking so long, years in some cases, to come from vaults in New York back to their home countries. That's geopolitical uncertainty. And in this time and space we're, we're in, that explains why whole countries want it. But the key point or the key ingredient of geopolitics is to understand that um, central banks around the world are net buyers of gold. Why? Why, if they think the economy is going to be okay and that consumers are going to be okay, would they be buying this 
asset that they have considered to be a relic, a non-dividend-paying holding asset, uh, something that, that, that doesn't provide shelter or is not working like a stock, per se. Why would they be accumulating more than they've ever done before? It's because they need it to protect themselves. Yeah, and I think this plays into something that you were talking uh, about or we were discussing uh, before we started the show today, which is, you know, if you look at um, Eastern European countries all last year, we were reporting on the show about different countries that were accumulating gold. Why? Because they felt that the economy was becoming fragile and by having physical gold in their central bank vaults, they had liquidity. And when times get rough, it's very important to have liquidity. And that's something that you were talking about before the show, Darren. And I think that that's important for people to be, you know, as Gregory Manorino would say, you know, your own central bank and have your own liquidity. So when you're talking about, you know, people who have lots of property and rental properties and they could be running into different issues, you know, all of these things have to do with having mortgages through the banks, etc. It's very important to have your own liquidity. And I think that if we're heading into uh, darker economic times, recession, depression, you know, you, you figure it out for yourself. I think it's very important to be able to be self-reliant and liquidity creates that. And I think having a physical hard asset like gold and silver creates that liquidity. That's why these banks want it. These central banks want it for their sovereignty because having liquidity means they continue to have their sovereignty. On the other side, Darren, let's very quickly talk about supply and demand. Um, you know, lower oil prices means miners can can dig out gold and silver for for a cheaper price but what about the supply and the demand going forward about 30 seconds well on the demand side there's fear buy there's fear buying and there's love buying the love buying is 60 percent of the demand and it's long-term demand the fear buying is somewhat short-term demand and it's about 40 percent of the demand and in any given moment in time that's where the demand is coming from those are the two basic sides of the equation whether it's central banks whether it's the individual and everything in between right now in supply terms the entire industry has been cut off mines have been laying off people left and right of all the mines that were closed, as best we could report up to the recent data, almost 60 to 65% of the mines closing were precious metals mines. And silver in particular, because those premiums are very wide, and maybe we should mention this later, is being hit very hard because 80% of that, that which comes out of the ground per year, comes out of the gold and copper and zinc and lead mines, not primary silver mines. So you've got a huge, huge uh, choke on the supply side of gold. It's not being repaired. You're not seeing it. We are living proof in the primary of sense that as Guildhall, we cannot go out and randomly just get the product we're used to getting. We can't make a phone call and pick up a few million dollars worth of gold for our clients. It is impossible to do. And we don't know that that's going to be two days, a hundred days, or two years. Uh, from now in the making. So when we do have product, what I'm encouraging people to do based on supply and demand alone is tell them to understand these fundamentals. Supply is minimal and demand is huge. So of course, premiums are going to be higher and it's going to be harder to come by. 
And and I think that the takeaway from the last few months is also, you know, don't be caught trying to be grabbing toilet paper at the last minute. We've always said on the show, you can't buy insurance after the fire. You need to start your, your acquisition uh, earlier. You need to create that habit of buying on a regular basis or getting some in your registered accounts. What a great That's place right. to put it. Or if you're thinking of, of storing, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of product. Why not put it in your TFSA? It's fully allocated. So that's another way you can go. And again, this is all about being prepared beforehand. I think that we have a wake-up call here regarding the economy and wealth preservation, and it's it's our duty to look into this. Is this the right type of uh, vehicle for me? Should I be considering having physical bullion in my portfolio? Well, keep listening to The Real Money Show. Go to our YouTube. Find The Real Money Show on YouTube. Go to our website. You can listen to past episodes of The Real Money Show and, and continue to do that learning. Of course, you can contact us directly, one eight seven seven eight silver You can email you can contact us through the website guildhallwealth.com hopefully our e-store darren will be coming up uh we'll be back up next week we've got a lot more to talk about so let's let's keep on track with all of these things uh, again the website guildhallwealth.com the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver you're listening to the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto the following is a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Joining us right now is Paul Wiseman, president of Guildhall. Paul, um, as you know, throughout the show, we've been talking about a little bit of the changing dynamics in the COMEX how this is affecting the premiums in precious metals. We asked, okay, will the prices, will premiums rise or fall? I think, Darren, you would agree. We, we ended up sort of saying it doesn't really matter. Prices are headed much, much higher. So either way, you're probably going to be higher, paying higher prices. More importantly, Paul, we just wanted to revisit the um, fundamentals for hard assets and wealth preservation, currency devaluation, inflation, geopolitical unrest, supply and demand. How do these fundamentals play into why someone would want to consider holding something like an investment-grade natural fancy colored diamond? Well, I think in these turbulent times, uh, let's really just give a quick review. Um, would you put your money in real estate right now? Uh, one of the largest real estate companies, Rio Can, uh, you know, they have a lot of office buildings uh, downtown in Toronto. Their first quarter sales or rent collections was down 55%. Mm -hmm. This tells you that, you know, companies are going to be going bankrupt. More people are going to be working from home. People are going to be cutting down on space. I mean, it's going to be hard hit. You know, it's great that we look at, uh, you know, the NASDAQ and we look at some of the Internet companies that are doing very well, Amazons and uh, companies like that that are in the food business. Everybody has to eat. People are basically... You know, anyway, are lazy. They don't want to go and shop. This is another excuse to, you know, make a uh, an order on the internet. But if we look at hard assets, we look at real estate. Is that going to really hold up? If we look at where everybody was loving to be in marijuana stocks, guess what? They get just plummeting and getting killed. Um, I can't understand personally how the stock market keeps going up in the states. Uh, when we have this terrible, terrible virus killing, you know, thousands of people. 
uh, and yet the stock market goes up. Countries are printing money, especially the US, trillions of dollars. Canada is giving away money like it's uh, helicopter money. They're just throwing it out, out the helicopter. How are they going to ever collect enough money in taxes when there's such massive unemployment to ever, you know, get, get steady again, to have a budget, to be within their budget? If we don't keep within our budget personally, if we overspend, which means we limit, max out credit cards, max out the line of credit, guess what happens? It gets stopped. You know, so what do you have to look at? You know, are you going to go and buy art today? I mean, I don't think art is going to, you know, be more people selling art and antiques when things get really tough. This virus may, not, may never get cured or it may get cured in 18 months. There may be a vaccine. In between that, it's going to be really tough. You need to look at hard assets, and obviously gold and silver uh, is a hard asset that's going to increase in value and preserve your wealth. Natural fancy colored diamonds, exactly the same. You know, for centuries, basically, it's been a well-kept secret. Royalty always got, you know, the Queen of England got the best diamonds and the best rubies and the best emeralds. Um, you know, royalty were always getting huge diamonds. Today we're seeing in auction natural fancy colored diamonds like pinks going for extraordinary prices. It's wealth that's been handed down from generation to generation, has held up, um, and it's, to me, it's probably the best kept secret, and it's a value where you can sleep at night you know, when I buy my collection of diamonds, I only buy the best of the best. I'm not buying white diamonds. I'm not buying diamonds that sell in engagement rings. I'm buying a diamond when I look at it to say, how rare is this diamond? How special is this diamond? How many diamonds like this are produced a year? That's the questions that I ask when I look at a natural fancy color diamond. And we have probably one of the best selections of yellow intense and vivid internally flawless which means there's no inclusions in that diamond it's a perfect diamond um, that's the type of diamond that increases in value it's not necessarily going to jump up a hundred percent in a year though they have in the past you know will it go up better than you're going to get at the bank will it go up better than you're going to get on dividends on stocks the answer is absolutely yes you know we have customers that have purchased diamonds from us especially argyle pinks that we were selling 10 years ago, you know, for twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. You can't buy those stones wholesale for seventy five, eighty thousand $80,000 today. That's without any markup on. This is a type of investment that is a smart investment that you can put in a safety deposit box. It's not like owning, you know, a condo where you're renting it out and you're running around worrying about a tenant, you know. And all um, the additional costs involved. All the involved. plug-in toilets, you know, legal fees when somebody doesn't pay their rent and you're chasing people up. And it's going to get terrible right now where people that, you know, own condos that have rented it out, Airbnb, you know, anybody that's doing that is really suffering. 
um, we're going to see some bankruptcies like crazy coming up. But to buy an actual fancy color diamond, you can get in as low as $12,000 for a fancy internally flawless yellow. For an intense, you're looking at maybe $22,000, $23,000 a carat. For a vivid, we're looking at around about $40,000 a carat. But these are the type of stones that will increase in value, will be able to sleep at night where you can put them away. If you're looking to retire, you know, whether it's 10, 15 years down the road or you're looking to put your kids through college, university, this is the type of investment. Or you're just looking to pass on some of your wealth to, you know, your kids and your family. This is a way to do that. And it's a private transaction, right? Yeah. It, you, you, it's real estate in your pocket. So it's concentrated wealth. It's very private, secret in a way because no one knows about it. You're not telling an advisor about it. It's, it's not, it has nothing – there's no debt in the market, right? No one buys these things on lines of credit. So it's, it's – you can either – you own it outright, which is one of the reasons why there's no volatility in the market because there's no debt market. Yeah, but also people – it's like the art business. You know, people for, for years and years and years have been bartering their art. You know, they buy a painting for $5,000. It increases in value for $10,000, and they want to buy another piece for ten. You know, they barter. You know, there's – it's paper transaction, sure. and it's the same with diamonds. You know, you can you can trade up, you can trade down. Yeah. Um, it's a secret that's between you, the two individuals that are making that purchase and sell. But it's not an instant sell. It's not like you buy a diamond and I want to sell it tomorrow. You, we still will sell that diamond for you, but it could take a week it could take a month it could take years years depends but it doesn't matter it's still a rare asset if yeah, you wanted to sell if you wanted to sell um an Andy Warhol it doesn't mean it's going to sell tomorrow it could take years to sell it it doesn't mean it's any less rare it doesn't mean it you made any less money on it and that's really the key let's let's keep on that topic of of natural fancy colored diamonds and tie it back into a portfolio of physical bullion as well you're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver We'll be right back. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver We're talking about natural fancy colored diamonds and how it could fit into your portfolio. Now, just before we went back on air, Darren, we were talking about how much someone should put aside for a natural fancy colored diamond. What do you, th what do you think someone should be putting aside percentage-wise for a colored diamond potentially? Well, first off, err on the side of caution. I am biased towards this process, and as my time in this industry has increased over 16 years, my full belief is that your hard asset portfolio should be at 20 or more percent of your net worth. And I think it's not out of the realm of possibilities when due diligence is taken into uh, your course of planning that having a natural fancy color diamond in your portfolio in the 20 to $50,000 range is perfectly fine and acceptable and pairing that with gold and silver is crucial it's something you have to do because as you said earlier diamonds make money they have a different model of liquidity than gold and silver do gold and silver have been averaging tremendous roi so you have both in the portfolio 
you have the best of both worlds. Well, it's the same thing, though, Darren, with real estate. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I always use, you know, say to people, will you sell me your house for what you paid for it? Um, you know, if the market goes really bad, you know, we could see a 20, 30 percent drop. I've seen a couple of these uh, moves in the last 50 years living in Canada. Um, it does happen. Um, but when you have a hard asset like gold, silver, natural fancy color diamond, it is an insurance policy against your wealth. It's a hedge. You have life insurance, you have car insurance, you have home insurance. Uh, nobody wants to collect on their life insurance, but we still pay for it every single month. But a natural fancy colored diamond and gold and silver is that hedge against countries printing paper, printing fiat currencies. Fiat currencies, all it is is a confiscation of your wealth. It depreciates it. It's like having a bottle of scotch and you have a cleaning lady that comes in and every time she comes hey, in, she hey, has a nip of the... Take it easy on the, the she, cleaning ladies. All right, she has a nip of the scotch and she tops it up with water. You know, eventually, you know, that single that's, scotch that's, is going to be half water, half scotch. That's the value of the Canadian currency? Is that well, that's saying? what's going to happen, what is happening right now with I, currency. I'm always, I'm always amazed at that, you know, when it comes to a natural fancy colored diamond, it's a non-liquid asset, but it's an asset. And people are way more willing to go into stocks where their wealth is not in, in, in eyesight. It's completely out of sight, out of mind. They're told to hold on to it for 20 plus years, but it's liquid. Well, it's not so liquid if it loses half of its value, is it? Well, it's like but it. they hang on for that. And, and I don't understand the lack of commitment in that respect. It's like, we're going to give you this asset that's liquid, but it might not be worth anything in two years yeah, versus like a natural fancy colored diamond, which is, which is not as liquid, but the value is not going to disappear in 20 years. It's going to be much, much higher. But again, you don't day trade your house. So why would you day trade a diamond? You buy it as that insurance policy. You put it away. It's going to appreciate, especially in pinks. If you're buying Argyle pinks, as an example, they've gone up anything over a half a carat. They're appreciating as much as 350% over the last 10 years. That's for the highest quality pink Argyles, which we sell. Uh, have, have appreciated that much. Yes, you've got to find, you've got to put a buyer and a seller together, but it's a great, great investment. You should get into a natural fancy colored diamond. You should own gold and silver. I'm looking at the price of silver. The paper price, you know, is fifteen fifty an ounce. The physical price is like twenty dollars an ounce U.S. When shall the twain shall meet? You know, two things are going to happen. The price of paper is going to go up or the price of physical is going to go down. It's not going to go down when nobody's got any product. It's simple common sense. You need to get it in your hand. You need to hold it. You need to buy it. It's better. We have a saying at Guildhall. It's better to be one month too early than one day too late. People always say, I'll get in when it drops. I'll buy on the dip. You know, you want to go buy dips, go to a grocery store. This is not a dip. A dip Gold and silver is the buy today and a natural fancy color diamond. And I'm kind of emphatic because I think this is the time to buy. This is the time to protect your wealth. We're talking about wealth preservation. We've covered a lot of ground today. If you, if you only caught us halfway through, you can listen to the show on, on our website at guildhallwealth.com. You can go to YouTube and listen to other past shows of The Real Money Show. 
Again, the website, guildhallwealth.com, the phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver Thank you for sticking with, with us today on The Real Money Show, and you've been listening on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 911 on a new night Thursday March 14th on Global stream on Stack TV